0: This morning, we're going to be looking at Elevate Triumph, Elevate Triumph, and if you missed us last week, we looked at Elevate Victory, and we're going to kind of piggyback off that this week. We're going to be still in 1 Samuel chapter 17, looking at the story of David and Goliath, because I think there was so much, there's so much there, so much for us to learn and to take. And last week, if you missed it, just a quick refresher. Uh, The first thing we saw, the roadblocks to victory and some of the roadblocks that we receive or some of the roadblocks are self-imposed roadblocks and what they are is unbelief and disobedience and when we put those roadblocks in our life of unbelief and disobedience they are roadblocks from us achieving and receiving victory when we choose to be disobedient and we choose not to have or have have, have unbelief in our life the other one is define your opponents and what we looked at is we must define the opponent because the opponent wants to define who you are and we have to walk in who God says we are not allowing the enemy to define who we are are. The third one is we must overcome fear because fear paralyzes. Fear keeps us in bondage. Keep, fear keeps us right where we are at, and God does not want us to live in a, in a life of fear, but we have to overcome fear because once we overcome fear, then we receive victory. And the last one we looked at last week is the enemy will take that which we allow him. If we stop allowing the enemy in our lives, then at that point, he no longer can, can uh, take from us because we have put a stop. We have shut the foothold hold to the enemy and he no longer has authority or dominion in our life and we say as the bible says if we stand up against the enemy he shall what flee right if we don't yet give him the opportunity if we do not allow him then at that point he will flee there's so much more to learn for the battle of david and goliath and today we're going to be looking at elevate triumph triumph is just another word for victory. It's kind of a fancy word, triumph, right? Say that with me, triumph, this morning. See, I believe the Bible is, is our, our, our instruction booklet, right? God has left us His Word. God has, has inspired it through man, and, they, and they've written down what, what God has inspired uh, in, in, in their lives and, and spoken. It's the it's written Word of God from Him speaking it, amen? And so this morning, we have some instructions from David and Goliath how to elevate triumph. And as I mentioned last week, and I'll mention it today, victory doesn't just happen. It doesn't fall in our lap. There were things that actually happened before the actual battle, and that was the catalyst for the victory. A lot of times we just see victory happen and we think it just happened, but there was a catalyst. There was something going on prior to the battle of David and Goliath. David and Goliath was, was the headline, but we don't see all the work up to the headliner of the fight, right? We see that today. We see the, the up-and-coming uh, uh, work that was put in before the, the, the headliner, before the, that final match between David and Goliath. And as us Christians, we speak about victory, we sung about victory this morning, and I hope that after today, we are ready for the battle, and we are ready to receive victory in Jesus. Amen? This week, I'll tell you what, this week was a difficult battle. Right? Some of us, I, I, uh, uh, if you don't know, you, you probably know already, but we've had a fireworks stand and, and uh, uh, we had the Martinez's and the Martinez's there all week long and myself and, and Mike Ames and, and uh, Anthony Bias uh, doing the security. We ran a skeleton crew, but it, it was a battle. And I'll tell you what, we were victorious in that battle, more than we've ever had. It was a, a, a huge success. But this week, personally, I was, we were in a battle this week. And and physically, myself was in a battle this week. And so I needed this sermon. This sermon spoke to me before it speaks to you. So if I step on your toes. Well, guess what? I broke one this week. I stepped on my own toes. So, and that's how I got God honest truth. I did. So if you see me limping up here, it's because it's painful. But let me tell you, though, that it was a battle, and God spoke to me before it spoke to you this, uh, before I speak to you this week, it spoke to me this week, amen? This morning we're looking at five takeaways regarding victory. Last week we we ended on verse 26, and there's some more takeaways in verse 26. So we're going to back to verse 26 this morning. And it says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 26, it says David asked the soldier standing nearby, "What will a man get for killing this Philistine?" And ending his defiance of Israel. Who is this pagan Philistine anyways? That he's allowed, remember the word allowed, to defy the armies of the living God. The first takeaway we see that victory happens when we have a heart. Someone say a heart. A heart of god victory happens when we have a heart of god david had a heart after god david received victory but it was because he had a heart after god we know david had a heart after god the word says it and we see david's response when he says who is this pagan philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living god If you notice, he doesn't say, who's this Philistine who's defying me? Or who's this Philistine who's defying Israel? He says, who's this Philistine who is defying the armies of the living God? What was David doing? He was seeking after the heart of God. What does God care about? He cares about the Israelites. He says, who is this person defying the armies of the living God? Let me go after the heart of God. We become one with God. We become in unison with God. We become together in God. We walk in his way, not our own. We walk in his will of our life, not our own. His wants become our wants. His desires become our desires. Why? Because we're one with God. At that point, we stop praying for my will to be done, and we start praying for his will to be done in our life because we search after the heart of God, so it's no longer the heart of Dennis, it's searching after the heart of God. We no longer would be concerned with our own needs. We'd be concerned with the needs in the heart after God, like David said first samuel 17 verse 32 and 33 he says don't worry about the philistine there's a lot of worry this morning he says don't worry about the philistine he tells saul i'll go fight him look at saul's response he says don't be ridiculous he said there's no way you can fight this philistine and possibly win let me tell you let me stop right there for a minute there is a way for you to win this morning amen someone say win with me There is a a way for you to win this morning. He says, there's no way possible for you to win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. Last week, we looked at the enemy trying to define who you are. What is Saul saying at this particular point? He's, He's defining who David is. He said, you're only a boy. It's ridiculous. This man has been a warrior since his youth. He's saying, you can't go fight to Goliath. You're going to lose the battle. And David's saying, listen, don't worry about it, Saul. I got it. David tells Saul, I got it. David wasn't looking at the problem. He was focused on the issue. We know that David was indeed concerned about Goliath because he mentions he's concerned about Goliath. He mentions who is this guy. So we know that David was concerned about what Goliath was doing. But let me tell you this this morning. He wasn't pretending that the Israelite giant wasn't a problem and it wasn't there. He wasn't ignoring the issue. What David was focused on was he was focused on more of the solution than he was focusing on the problem. He was going after God, and that was the solution, and Goliath was his problem. How was he able to focus on God with the Goliath staring him right in the face? Because he had a heart after God. He was, uh, how was David able to confidently tell the king not to worry? How was David able to stand up and say, listen, Saul, don't worry about it. I got it. It's because David had a heart after God. How was, the able, how was, how was David able to stay calm in the midst of a battle? It's because he had a heart after God. He sought, sought God for everything. Victory happens when we have a heart After God, not a heart after our Goliath. So many of us have a heart after our Goliath and not a heart after God. Our issue is we get fixated on our Goliath and then we forget about our God. We start fixating on what's challenging and what's in front of us that we forget about our God. And God's there, but he's second to our Goliath because we're so fixated on our Goliath that we forget to have a heart of God. And what we end up having is a heart of Goliath instead of a heart after God. And I'm speaking about myself this morning, because I've had a heart of Goliath, and I've I've had where my prayers become my Goliath, and my prayers have been, my concerns have been my Goliath, and my worries have been my Goliath, and they're not on my God. Amen? I've been there before. Your Goliath is not bigger than your God. Let me repeat that. Your Goliath is not bigger than your God. But so many times we look at the Goliath as it's something big and challenging, but your Goliath is not bigger than your God. Amen? Someone write that in the chat this morning or or whatever it may be, your Goliath, or, or vocalize it right now, my Goliath is not bigger than my God. Amen? And your thoughts and your prayers and your concerns and your worries start becoming your Goliath instead of becoming on god And what does that do? It transforms our heart to having a heart of Goliath instead of a heart after God. All our prayers and our worries and concerns are off of the Goliath and not on our God. How do we receive victory? We have to have a heart, just like David, a heart after God. Do you see how that, that, that works, that our, our Goliath becomes our problem, so Goliath becomes our God? Because we start having a heart after our Goliath and not after our God. Amen? Verse 34 says this, but David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a a lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine. He says, two, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Who was he worried about again? The heart after God. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this philistine. Saul finally consents it. He says, all right, go ahead. And may the Lord be with you. The second key is victory happens when we are prepared. We are prepared. Victory doesn't just happen. I don't think we realize it. But what we're going right through right now will prepare us for victory tomorrow. Or victory today, what you've prepared for yesterday, will be your victory today. Amen? It's preparation. Victory doesn't just happen. Just like sports the sports champions that we see. You might not see the preparation. I tell my son all the time, he's a Steph Curry fan. And I say, listen, Steph Curry goes out there and shoots a thousand shots. He just doesn't show up in the game and make all these three-pointers. It's the preparation that's involved behind the scenes that we don't see that causes us to have victory today. It was the preparation you put in and the prayer you put in and that, that God was preparing you for the battle today and the victory is gonna come because of the preparation you you put in and, and and the things that you've gone through yesterday for today's battle and victory will be yours. Amen? Amen? See, we tend to look at someone else's life and when they receive victory or breakthrough, we say, oh man, God just blessed them. You don't know what their story is. You don't know where they've been through. You don't know what the preparation, you don't know what lions they slayed. You don't know what bears they killed with the club. You have no clue what's going on. And victory comes, and you're like, how did victory come? It's because they were preparing for victory. It doesn't just happen. And a lot of times we go through life, and us as Christians, and I've been guilty of it, and we think victory is just ours, it's going to fall in our lap, but we've done nothing to prepare for it. We don't seek after God. We don't, we don't go after him. We don't have a heart of God, but we think victory is going to land in our laps. It's the preparation we have today that's going to give us victory tomorrow. You were taught as young children that Goliath was slain with a, with a stone in and in a slingshot. Absolutely true. But David practiced on lions and bears before he fought Goliath. Preparation. Amen? King Saul didn't see David's preparation. He says, You can't do it. David goes, I've been preparing my whole life. He says, I saw I saw Goliath. Goliath's been been, been a, a, a war guy since his since, since he, was, he was a young child. And then David goes, You don't know about me, King. I've been a war guy as well. I'm prepared for this battle, and this victory is mine. All King Saul saw was this young punk kid. He said, I don't know what you're doing here, kid. All right? I mean, in other words, he said, beat it. Get out of here. Lead us to know. That's the future King Saul was talking about Luckily Saul King uh, David didn't pull that one out. Hey listen you (laughs) the bears and the lions is preparing me for your throne next, right? I got next But David We know from the text was preparing for this day And he tells Saul what he's already been doing to prepare himself for this moment he said yeah that bear and lion that 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 took that lamb I fought him and killed it. I fought him and killed him. What David had gone through, some someone would say it looks insignificant. Well, you, 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 you went through that bear and you went through that lion, but you didn't go through this giant. And he says, it's all preparation. It's all preparation. Look what verse 37 says again. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. He says that the that the Lord who who what who who rescued me from my troubles yesterday, the Lord who gave me victory once before, the Lord who came through for me back then against the lion and the bear. That's the same Lord I serve today. That's the same Lord that's going to give me victory because in my preparation time He gave me victory. Then He's the same God as yesterday, today, and forever. And what He's saying is that same God who gave me victory over the lion and the bear, bear is the same God that I worship today that's going to give me victory versus my Goliath and my giant in my life and I'm going to overcome it and I'm going to uh, be triumphant and I'm going to receive victory because he gave me victory back then he's going to give me victory today amen and sometimes some of us need to recognize that that was the God that we served 15-20 years ago the God that we served last week that saved us from that car accident that God that served us uh, saved us from financial destruction that God that gave us a healing when the Doctors said they didn't give me healing. The God that gave me that barren womb, a child, that God that came and delivered me is the same God that we serve today. Amen? Amen. It's the same God that we serve today, and that's what David said. The preparation time today will give me victory for tomorrow. David wasn't just this young shepherd boy. God was preparing him for his next Listen, the Bible says don't, don't, don't despise small beginnings, and sometimes we despise, or big, or big, big uh, beginnings, God doesn't, uh, don't despise those things, because what he's doing is he's prepping us for our next season in our life, he's prepping us for a next battle, because it might have been a bear and a lion that looked like a giant then, and realize that tomorrow brings even a, a bigger giant that you're going to slay, and if God was with you with your bear and your lion, God's going to be with you with your Goliath. Amen. Victory doesn't just happen. God has been preparing you for victory. Verse 38 says this, "And Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such a thing before. I can't go in these," he protested to Saul. "I'm not used to them." So david took them off again he picked up five smooth stones from a stream he put them on put them into his shepherd bag then armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling he started across the valley to fight the philistine the third victory happens when we stay in god's will when we stay in god's will david stayed in the will of god and he walked in the path of god for his own life. Saul says, here, here's an armor. Here's here's your own armor. See, Saul's still walking in the physically and David's walking in the spiritually. David David is walking spiritual with God. See, Saul thought that for David to have a chance to win, he needs the best of the best armor. Listen, you're gonna need this, kid. You're gonna need this. Put this armor on. It's the best armor that you have. Here, try it on. And Saul's armor did not fit physically. Why? Because it wasn't David's armor. Why? Because it wasn't David's path to walk in. It wasn't David's, God's will for David's life to wear Saul's armor. Verse 39 says that he hasn't wore such a thing. He said, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them," he says. He took a step or two. It says he took a step or two, and said, "I can't. I can't do it. Why? Because he took a, f- a step or two, and saw the path that Saul had. See, that was that was Saul's fight. Saul was supposed to go out and, and and defeat Goliath. He was the obvious choice. And he says, "Here, I can't do it. But do what I can't do. Here's my armor." And it was never meant for David to walk in Saul's footsteps. Why? Because that was Saul's ordained path. David had an ordained path as well. Amen? See, some of us are trying on things that we should have never tried on. Some of us are walking in ways that we should have never walked. Some of us are living a path that we should have never lived some of us have tried A, B, C, and D, but we haven't tried G, which is God. We've tried different things, and it has not worked. Why? Because it's not the will of God in our lives. But that doesn't prevent us from trying. That hurts. We still do it. Why? Because we're hard headed individuals just like Israel. David couldn't move in Saul's armor. He couldn't walk that path. See, it didn't work because Saul's armor did not fit spiritually or physically for that matter. David could have tried it on and said, and he did, he took a step or two and then he stopped. David could have tried it on and said, let me see if this works out, let me go to the battle, let me see if it works out you see many of us have tried both worlds we've tried the, the spiritual and then we also tried the physical but we don't try one and one we try it together and it fails and we say oh it didn't work out why because the thing is we try to walk spiritually but we have something physically to fall back on we have a plan a and b and c and d and the thing is we say well if god doesn't come through then this is my plan what we're doing is when we have that plan what's going to happen is we're going to falter back to that plan because we can see plan b and c we can't see plan a because plan a is is faith plan b might be facts and we're so accustomed to look at facts instead of faith and then that's when we fell that's when we fell for david was fighting underneath saul's armor putting on faith in the armor he was putting on faith in the armor of putting faith of putting on faith under the will of god It's not walking in the will of God David stepped out into the battlefield with nothing other than a rock and a slingshot and what was he doing he was walking in the path of God if God wanted him to have armor he would have that armor but it wasn't for him to walk in and here Saul was trying to force David to walk a path that was made for him and not for David let's be honest this wasn't David's battle this wasn't Saul's battle This was God's battle and God was gonna say exactly how it went down it was gonna be who's gonna cooperate with God and walk in his will and way for their life Saul or David? It was David David walked in the will of God David knew the only weapon he needed was the weapons that God gave him the only weapon you need is the only weapons that God has given us the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of readiness, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the sandals of the gospel, uh, uh, the bring gospel of peace. And God has given them all to us. And we walk in his will. That armor is all we need for battle. Amen. As we sung earlier, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles because this is the armor that God has given me. And it may look like I'm surrounded. It may look like you are surrounded, but listen, God has given you armor. It doesn't matter what Goliath you're facing. If you walk in His will and His way, He's going to give you what you need to overcome in victory. Amen? Nothing less or more. See, we get too busy and look at His armor or her armor, and we say, man, they have the AR 15. I got myself a slingshot. How can I go to battle with that? And God's saying, like we say in Communion Sunday, all you, all you have is all you need. All God has given you is all you need for battle. Because there's no way that a, a young man with a stone and a slingshot should face a giant that's close from head to toe and, and, and win the battle. But when God says so, when you walk in God's way, giants are going to fall. Amen? When we walk in the will of God, giants fall. That's powerful you got to walk in the will of God for your life. You see, if, 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 if God wanted me to preach like Billy Graham, you know what he would have done? He would have made me Billy Graham. If God made you want to be an encourager like Joel Osteen, he would have made you Joel Osteen. If God wanted you to pray like a such and such then he would have made you that person. If God wanted you to do this or that like this other person, then God would have made you that person. He didn't. He made you you, walking your will and your way for your life that God has ordained, and you're going to find victory. But so many times we mimic other people in their life, and we fail, and we say, well, you got it. You did it for person A. Why didn't you do it for me? Well, it's because that was their walk. It's your walk, Walk in the way and the will of God for your life, because then when you do, that's when you receive the victory amen i believe david walked on the armor uh, and battlefield with with saul's armor you know what i believe he would have failed we wouldn't be talking about him today he would have failed why because he was not supposed to be walking in saul's armor david was to walk in his will or god's will for his life amen the fourth thing i want us to see this morning verse 41 says, Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, snaring in contempt at his rudy-faced rudy boy. He says, am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, I'll give you your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. The fourth one is victory happens when we stay focused, when we stay focused. David remained focused we can all agree with that right David remained focused Goliath walked out He said who is this dog? Who is this little man? Remember last week? Who's this these little servants of Saul? And he, he went out and he taunted the, the the Israel army. He taunted David and what did David do? David remained focused He remained focused you Remember Goliath wasn't an average-sized man, right and David was his little boy and so when they went out to the battlefield He's, he remained focused. David remained focused, did not was not discouraged by Goliath yelling and insulting him. He called David a dog. In this passage, it means a male homosexual prostitute is what he's calling. It, it challenged Goliath's manhood. It was an insult to Goliath. Who is this little boy out here def- defending Israel? Who did you send out? What an insult. He's not supposed to be out here with me. And Goliath was trying to get underneath David's skin, trying to intimidate David, trying to defeat David, trying to strike fear in David. As I mentioned last week, Goliath was trying to define who David was, but David did what? He stayed focused. See, David had a choice. He could have stayed focused in faith, or he could have faltered in fear. You stay focused in faith, or you falter in fear. It's a choice for each one of us. You stay focused in faith, or you falter in fear. When you're in battle, what do you do? Stay focused in faith or do you falter in fear? See, victory only happens when we stay focused on the task that's ahead. When we stay focused on who God is. When we stay focused on what God's will is for our life. When we stay focused on who he is. See, Colossians 3.2 tells us, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And that's exactly what David was doing. He was setting his mind on who God is, not who his Goliath was. Amen you can either focus on your problem or you or you can focus on your faith It's one or the other you're going to do one or the other you're going to either focus On your problem, or you're going to focus on your faith And that hurts that hurts me You see we focus more on our problem than we do on our faith We look at our issues our problems and our difficulties and we, we, we ask ourselves, but what if? See, David's focus was on his faith, not on his fear. David's focus was not on Goliath. It, it, it was the God that was over his Goliath. Amen? This morning, I'm going to ask you a question. Is What are you focused on? Are you focused more on your Goliath? Are you focused more on your fears? Or are you focused more on, your, on on your faith? Are you focused more on your issues and your problems, your concerns, on your worries, on COVID-19, on what the government says, at reopening, at your finances, at what the doctor says, at what the news media says, the president says, your friend says, your mom says, your fear says, or are you focused on what faith says? You're going to do one or the other. You're going to focus on faith or you're going to focus on fear. One or the other. We need to have a different perspective. We need to stay focused on who God is and what he can do in our lives, not on the Goliath that you're facing. Amen? David would have never received victory if he focused more on his Goliath than he focused on God. David got to that battlefield and says, "Man, this guy's big. He keeps calling me a dog. He keeps insulting me. I don't know if I can do this battle. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do." If David looked at that and focused more on his Goliath and not as God, David would have failed. Cuz when we look at our Goliath and we are intimidated by our Goliath, we don't move in faith. We move in fear and we fell. What do you focus on this morning? The last thing I want us to see this morning, verse 45 to 47 says, David replied to the Philistine. Some of us need to repeat this today. He says, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. That, you need to tailor-made that to yourself in my life today. Today, the Lord will conquer uh, our enemies, and we will kill them and cut off their heads. Amen. He says, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world would know that there is a God of Israel. Because when he does the impossible, God will be glorified. He said in verse 47, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. Which means don't mess with the Lord's people, he says. But not with the sword, with the spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. Man, that's powerful. Victory happens when we operate in God's power and authority for your life. David did not operate underneath the power and authority that he had it was the power and authority that God has given to him he called the weapons of Goliath he saw he said you come at me with the sword and spear and javelin he says but this is what I come with that may be impressive that may look good you may be big and bad I know your size I know who you are I know what you said but you know what I come with I come with the power and authority that God has given me and he who works through me is greater than he who works in this earth and I don't care what weapons you have because a weapon that formed against me shall not prosper. Because I work in the power and authority of who God is in and through my life. Amen? Amen? David said, it's not about you, Goliath. It's not about your weapons. I don't care what weapons you come with. David says, I come in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. David said, I see your weapons. I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to come with the, the weapons that God has given me. And that's all I need. That's it, nothing more, nothing less. He says, I'm coming at you as a representative of God. What happens if we show up in battles and say, listen, I'm going to take authority and power because of what has been entrusted in me. I'm going to step up and I'm going to say, listen Goliath, you got to flee because I'm coming at you. This battle is not the battle against against you. This is the Lord's battle. You see you may see David here, but you don't see David here. When David's done, you're going to see the Lord because the Lord is given me the power and authority to win the battle. Amen? And he goes on and he says, listen, I'm going to tell you what your fate is, David, uh, uh, Goliath. I'm going to kill you and chop off your head, and I'm going to feed your body to the birds. Goliath was going down. David was bold. It wasn't underneath his strength, but it was through the power and authority of God. This wasn't David's battle. This was the Lord's battle. The battle you go through is not your battle. It's the Lord's battle, amen? What would it we? What would happen if we stopped doing things underneath our own ability and authority and start learning to have authority and power and ability that God works in and through us? What happens if we stop saying, I, I can't do it? So many times I've said that. I can't do it. I've got on of my kids to stop using the word I can't. I remember De- Dennis, when he was young, and says, I can't make that shot. And I said, yes, you can. I can't. And we operate in I can't so much. And you know what? You're absolutely right. You can't. David couldn't, couldn't defeat Goliath without God. But underneath the power and authority that God has entrusted in David, Goliath went down. Amen? What, what, what would happen if we actually gave God the battle? You know what's going to happen? We're going to be triumph. We're going to see a victory. Amen? Because the battle has already been what? It's already been what? It's already been won. Amen? Just as Austin shared earlier in Revelations, the battle's already been won. We don't fight in the physical. We fight in the spiritual. Amen? Amen? question this morning is this, what what is preventing you from receiving victory? Is your focus on Goliath or your God? Are you operating under your own power and authority? Are you operating underneath the power and authority that God has given to you? You know, we need to have a heart check. There's times even the the well-seasoned Christian needs a heart check. There's times that Dennis needs a heart check. To find out if Dennis has a heart after God. Or does he have a heart after Goliath? And we have to have that conversation with us. And we gotta have that conversation with God. See, during these last three or four months, I think we've we've had a heart after Goliath and not a heart after God. Every conversation. We're talking about our Goliaths and our coronavirus and our COVID-19. As real as it is, it's not bigger than our God. As big as our f- fear have, has been and our concerns and our worries, our troubles, our financial issues, they're not bigger than our God. We got to have a heart after God, not after our Goliaths. Because once we have a heart after God, our Goliath will fall. Our Goliath will fail. Not us. Amen? If we can focus on God over our Goliath, if we can walk in his way and our will, underneath his power and authority, and have a heart after God, the victory is ours. Amen? Heavenly Father, I come before you right now, Lord. Lord, I don't know what each individual is dealing with, Lord, in, in this place, Lord, or at home. But you do, Heavenly Father. Lord, and we come against this enemy, Heavenly Father. We come against our Goliaths and our giants in our life, and we call them out. Not underneath the power and authority of me, but the power and authority that has been invested in me through you. And so we come against that Goliath right now of fear and doubt, of concern and worry, of of hardship, of hurt, of pain. And we come against it and we call it out in the name of Jesus. We say that the Goliath has been taunting us day in, day out. The Goliath has been taunting us as we turn on the TV the Goliath that has been ta- uh, taunting us as we we maybe fellowship with friends or family, the Goliaths that have been taunting us, Lord, uh, uh, internally, Lord, the the Goliath of our of our health and our finance, Lord, uh, of our relational, Lord, our our giants, Lord, that we we face each and every day. Some of us have faced each and every hour, or every minute of the day. They will fall in the name of Jesus, Lord. Give us a heart after you, Lord, not of our Goliath, Heavenly Father. Allow us to speak more of you, Lord, than our Goliath, Lord. Allow us to stop vocalizing who our Goliaths are and start vocalizing who our God is, Heavenly Father. Let us start calling out our enemy for who it is, Heavenly Father. Let us start calling out our victory for what it is, Heavenly Father. Through you, Lord Jesus, we come, Heavenly Father, today to the battlefield, Lord, with a stone, Lord, and a sling shot with facing a nine foot a ten foot a twenty foot giant that looks like it's impossible to slay but because we stand here in one with you heavenly father we know Lord the end of the story and we know that victory is yours and it is ours because you have given it to us per your word and we stand upon that today and we thank you for it Lord Lord I pray Lord the burdens the troubles The issues, Heavenly Father, that we've been carrying around that are not meant for us to carry, Lord. Not meant for us to carry, Lord. The battle's not ours. Jesus allow us to participate in the victory. Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now, right where we're at, Heavenly Father we lift our hands to you and we say take the battle. Thank you for the victory. The battle's yours. Thank you for the victory. Right where you're at the battle's yours. Thank you for the victory. Lord the battle is yours. Thank you for the victory. Lord, thank you for not allowing me to face this battle on my own because it's not mine. But thank you for the victory. Lord, thank you for doing all the work, Lord, and allowing me to receive the victory. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Amen, amen, the battle is his, and the victory is ours, amen, that's encouraging, the battle's his, the victory is ours, if you need prayer, the ones that are here, we can give prayer, but we want to pray with you. We pray for you. There's a number down at the, at the bottom of your screen. There's also an email address. Send your prayer request. We share that with our, praise team. We, our prayer team. We, 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 we share that with our, our leadership team, not to, to gossip about what's going on, but to bombard heaven's door, because the battle isn't just yours alone. The battle is his, but the victory is yours. Amen? God bless you, church. We'll see you either physically next Sunday. We'll see you throughout the week during our deep dives or join us online next week. God bless you.